I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Marshawn Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> that dugout we got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now welcome back to the farm system podcast we're here with Lane Adams today my guy man welcome to the show what's up guys thanks for having me excited mm -hmm. to join you guys today absolutely absolutely we saw well, you were uh go we we yeah I was gonna say we we saw you know I, I know you're a well-known NBA free agent <laughs> I haven't seen you on the podcast yet, so so we, we wanted to kind of get your debut and, and kind of see what we could do here. Awesome, man. Glad to, glad to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, Lane, when we met uh, a couple of years ago, I know my, immediately, uh, my immediate interest that I initially had was just because you've been around so many ways, you've been in so many places and you've been had so many different experiences. And um, I think you have a pretty unique story, especially too, with just your athleticism and your um, how you're connected with a couple different sports, obviously, like Bo mentioned, obviously, you know, really plugged in with um, a lot of things when it comes to basketball as well. And um, so I think that's just, you know, that's probably a good place for us to kind of start walking down that rabbit hole. So why don't you kind of talk about, um, you know, going through uh, your career and your, your journey to kind of get to this point and you know um go from there ah uh, yeah so i went to a small rural school in oklahoma uh graduated like 14 kids right not a whole mm -hmm. lot to do so all i had to do is like play sports work out stuff like that um i was a big basketball player as a kid played AAU. didn't play any uh summer baseball i actually tried to quit baseball my sophomore year my mom wouldn't let me she said if i quit i had to go get a job so I didn't want to work. So I just kept with baseball. I ended up getting drafted. Uh, I was just more of a raw athlete. Like I, like I said, I didn't, I never hit on my own. I never did anything extra when it came to baseball. All my focus is on basketball. Mm -hmm. So in the draft, you know, going through the first couple of years, um, I never had any type of instruction, not even like any type of instruction. So I had nothing to really, you know, I just kind of took it what it is. These are professional coaches, you know, with professional yeah. organizations. I just kind of took their word for what it was. Like, I got to know what they're talking about, right? Right. And I remember I got I debuted, in, well, right, about 2012, 2013. I was like, man, I'm just not, I'm about 6'3", 200, 205 pounds. I'm not really driving the ball to the opposite field like I thought I could, right? So I'm like going, this is before like hitting Twitter, before Instagram became a big thing for all like the content of hitting, you know, mm -hmm. gets on the internet. So I'm like yeah. going through YouTube. And it's all like baseball the night clips of like guys, people saying swing down the ball. And I'm thinking like that, that's what I'm doing, but it's not, it's not helping. It's not translating. I can't like just figure it out. Um, and then I made my debut in 2014. And uh, after that's when I, we played JD Martinez. That was JD Martinez's breakout year with uh, Detroit. I said, man, I walked by, I was like, we're kind of the same size. He's not much bigger than me. I'm definitely a better athlete than me. I was like, how is he hitting balls mm -hmm. off the field like that? And right. fortunately enough for me, Raul Labanez, uh was my locker mate. And he kind of talked about, he was familiar with Craig Wallenbrock, and that's who JD went to. And that's kind of when the, that was the first foot through the rabbit hole. 
for me, mm-hmm. right? And it kind of, I mean, my mind was just like turned upside down. It's like, wow, I'm just missing all this valuable information, like, you know. And so I didn't go hit with Jay uh, Craig till the following offseason. So in 2015 to 16 offseason, that's, or yeah, 16 to 17. Yeah, that's when I went and hit with Craig, and that was just it. Just changed it. Pretty much saved my career. Just kind of you know working uh, more of a, a bat path that covers a multitude of pitches and stuff like that. That that really mm-hmm. that really helped. It kind of just I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I was doing wasn't correct, but yeah. I just didn't have that guidance on how to get there. Just a little bit of yeah. guidance uh, that kind of put me on the right path. And then mm-hmm. now I'm an information guy. Like. As soon as I get one bit of information, I want it all. So it's like I went to Craig, I went to Doug, I even talked to Richard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've talked to you, you guys, you guys, uh, Ryan Parker. Yeah. There's a if there's a guy in baseball who I who has any reputable hitting uh, hitting philosophy. I've I've seeked him out. So I, I wanted yeah. all the information I could get because I didn't have information as a kid or as a young. Uh, a younger player earlier in my career. So I was, I wanted all the information and um, fortunately, you know, uh, I was able to snag a few, some big league time with all the, you know, the work and the process and the, you know, studying. And, uh, but I think the best thing that came that came out of all that information and traveling and hitting with different guys is able to uh, translate that to the, my current clients and hitters I'm working with now. That's when you kind of been thing, would you say? Would you say uh, when you worked with uh, Wallenbrock uh, originally? And I know, obviously, too. It, it, I think that it, there's always there's like this like mystique around guys like um, you know Lada or Wallenbrock just because they're not on really on social media. You a lot of people still don't know what they really teach and kind of just see kind of how their hitters kind of move. And you know, you hear he works with a guy, you hear he works with this other guy, and obviously, you know, within you know, uh, big league realm, just like you. I mean, it's, it's a lot of word of mouth, right? You see JD Martinez get all these results and you're like, yo, <laughs> what happened? Like who you work with? Like, you know, obviously I want, I want that to happen. And so um, w- when you worked with uh, I'm, I'm interested just personally with, with Wallenbrock, did you guys talk originally a lot? I know he's a big like anchor guy. Um, and so I was, I was going to ask you about that. I know you talked a lot about like that path, um, but I know that obviously, you know, he's like the you know, one that's teaching JD to, you know, keep his back foot anchored and all of those things as well. So I want, I was interested in like what you guys really talked about uh, with your swing um, back then compared to how, like how you thought the swing worked um, and kind of like your big takeaways from, you know, working with him. Yeah. So he talked about staying anchored, but here's the thing. I was such an idiot. Like I was so <laughs> yeah. dumb. Like I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't grasp what he was talking about. And yeah, it wasn't until I got with you guys at 108 mm-hmm. at the time we started like we started talking specifically about anger. He talked about keeping his back foot sideways, staying in the back. Yeah, hip. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if he actually used the word anger or if he used something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and it didn't make sense to me. And then like you know, years later, a light bulb goes off. It's like, oh, okay, you guys, y'all are mm-hmm. talking about staying anchored and rotating, you know, away from our uh, femur or in front mm-hmm. of our femur. That yeah. I was like, like, that's what Craig meant by it. So that's kind of like that's just. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it took me like four years to realize that's yeah. what Craig was talking about. So that's kind of yeah. the uh, that's the tit for tat uh, gotcha. part of it. I should me. Yeah. I guess I'm dumb, but whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think I think it's pretty normal for people to need to hear the same thing. First off, I mean, just from like a marketing standpoint for like businesses, right? Like 
we need to uh, hear or see something, you know, like six to you know 15 times before we actually go and even check it out or actually understand and have a good grasp on a lot of things. Um, and also too, I mean, it's just like reading a book, right? Like I know when I read a book, I read it the first time and I'm like, okay. And then I read it again and I'm like, wow, why, why, that didn't even stick out to me before. And now all yeah. of a sudden, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal to me. Um, I think that that's huge um, from that standpoint. I, I, I kind of wanted to as well. I know as you gone through, uh, you know, again, some of these different guys, I'm very interested. Cause again, I, I haven't spent all this time. Again, I obviously didn't train with Wallenbrock. obviously didn't train with Lada. I know a lot about their philosophies through hitters that they've, they've talked through, but I'm also too, I know you and I've talked about in some, what would you say when you started working first off, what led you uh, to Lada? How did you, did you, another guy work with him or how, how, what led you to go work with him? Um, I worked with Craig and I knew I knew Craig and Doug had worked together at the same time. And I knew yeah. like a big information guy. I knew I knew yeah. Craig was very well respected in the hitting industry, yeah. and I knew Doug was just well respected in the industry. So like I said, I wanted information. Gotcha. So I went to Doug, and there were some things I learned from Doug that, uh, like yeah. again, Craig was saying, Doug said a little differently. It made sense, and I sort of just kind of find them for myself. Um, they teach they teach a lot of the they teach the same. They, they're going after the same thing. They just have a different style of getting there in a way. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's how I got with Doug. I was just, you know, his guy. I learned, I learned a little bit from uh, Craig. Let's see if I can go learn a little bit more from yeah. Doug. I started yeah. adding pieces to my own puzzle. When you were, when you were with uh, Wallenbrock, did, uh, was Chris over there yet? Yeah, Chris was there. He wasn't, he was more in the uh, strict, strength conditioning department he was flipping balls when i was over there the first time it was craig uh robert and chris is kind of the flip he wasn't doing so so to give to give context to the audience again of who we're talking about here right so chris i believe is like a hitting director for the dodgers now uh is he Uh, yeah yeah Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. I know that he was with the Dodgers. I don't know his exact role with them, but in any case, again, he knows some things. Uh, again, he travels with JD almost exclusively. Um, that's Robert. You're now. talking about Robert. Is that Robert. No, well, well, no. That's what I'm saying. Is when I uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Chris, uh, when JD came to hit in the facility, Chris I... came with him, and I met Chris. And then Chris, uh, and then Chris, I, I later found out when talking to uh, Brown. Uh, Brownie, um, when at the time he was working at uh, Nova South uh, Southeastern, right? Is that the school? Um, so, anyways, when I was talking to him, he said that him and JD basically he was like kind of traveling and and doing some things with uh, JD uh, JD exclusively, like at the time. And again, I think it's because I don't know if Robert couldn't hit with him anymore, but Robert yeah. was like obviously very influential in what JD was doing. Yeah, as Robert well, was which, JD's right hand man, and I guess yeah. Chris. Chris is good. Yeah. Like Chris started being a little yeah. more involved in the hitting thing. For sure. like, like the second or two, second and third year, I started going out there. And one yeah. one time I went out there, it was just, it was uh, me, Craig, and Chris. And two of the days, just me and Chris. And Chris is good. Like Chris is no, he's good. And you know, he's really and then good. Robert, and then Robert, obviously Van Soyok is the hitting coach uh, for the uh, Dodgers now, which is obviously a big. If you guys don't know, and kind of catch you guys up in the circle, is that if you don't know, um, he was one of the first guys. And again, I know there's been other guys in some round. I think. Uh, but he came straight from the outside, like, you know, had not been a minor league coach and went straight to the big leagues as a hitting coach. Like that's very unheard of, especially in the realm. So obviously that's a whole another uh, thing. And obviously he's had some crazy results with a lot of guys as well, but I just wanted to give context to like those names. If, the, if people aren't in that circle and don't know how all the, you know, the tree of Wallenbrock and kind of some of these other guys that have come um, from that side. 
So, um, yeah. Okay. So you, you worked with, uh, you worked with Robert, you worked with, uh, Chris, uh, and you worked with Wallenbrock. So you kind of had, you, you were kind of there when they had, you know, the whole trifecta going on over there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was there. Yeah. When I first went there, it was Chris, it was Chris, Craig, mm-hmm. Robert. And I think, uh, yeah. uh, what's his name Blake with the Padres? I was going to, I was going to ask you too. Uh, what's his name with the uh, Padres? He was the hitting coach uh, a couple of years ago. He, uh, was he was big with Wallenbrock back then too? I was wondering if he was uh, different around him. Um, I got to look up his name. Him and uh, Drew uh, Toussaint are very close uh, with the Mets. Um, anyways, I'll have to think of him. But in, in any case, yeah, there's a definitely a tree that he's got going over there. What would you say? What would you say is your biggest things? Um, you know, obviously with any, with anybody, I mean, there's there's goods and bads when you're hitting with every hitting coach. You learn some things. Some things work for you. Some things don't work for you. But also, um, I know for example, again, like. Uh, when you're working with Lotta, what, we, what would you say your biggest takeaway was when you worked with him? I think direction. I learned a lot about direction and like staying, like swinging through the zone and not mm. spinning. I was a bad, I was a big spinner. I remember one time I swung, I hit a ball to the six hole in high eight and like did a full 360 <laughs> in the batter's box and ran a first base. It was absolutely nauseating to think about. <laughs> um, so the, not, not like screwing and spinning myself to the ground was like yeah. that helped me a lot from Doug. I, I learned a lot about yeah. direction and being yeah. soft and not like, and not Doug's more like, not like trying to like really juice balls. I think uh, that helped me a lot. So I, the less is more concept in this game. That's, that was one, that was yeah. really well, hard concept for me to tackle. Especially being a big physical guy like you, like you don't need to try as hard. What's that? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Which I think, I think sometimes like the, some big dogs think, and I'm not saying this is you, but like we undervalue our strength and just, just getting to, to the good contact position and maintaining direction. You don't need to try as hard as that level. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to touch on this one too, a little bit, because I think it's pretty common nowadays for like, a, I call them kind of like flavor of the week coaches where we're like bouncing around and bouncing around and, I think it's great. I'm assuming it's helping you a lot now that when you're training players in your career, what kind of effect do you think that had on you as far as like, you're so, you're so thirsty for the information. It's kind of like a fire hose now, like halfway into your career. Do you think that that was good, bad, or kind of what did you take away from that experience? Oh man, it's, I I think I, now I'll be honest. I think I probably overdid it. I was a little too cerebral with everything. And that's off season, in season, the whole shebang. I was way too cerebral. But with that being said, looking back, I, I don't think I would change it. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I don't think I would change anything I'd done. Cause I went to everybody I thought could help me. And everyone did help me to yeah. some degree. You know, I got I got if it was not as much as somebody else, I got something from somebody. Yeah, um sure. So, but if I hadn't done that, I feel like I would, I would be looking back and man, I should have done more. I should have done more. So I, now my career is over. Um, yeah. Do I wish I would have had a better, like more big league time? Absolutely. But, you know, I, looking back, I look, I, I know I did everything, you know, turned right. over every stone to, you know, make myself better. And I can go to bed, you know, at peace at night, knowing that I yeah. did everything I could to help to better well, myself. And it's a tough question because it's like we talk about this, like the chicken or the egg. Do I build my athleticism? Do I build skill? You know, if that would have happened to you 10 years earlier, it, it might have a different story. 
when when you look back obviously you got drafted on the upside you're a great athlete do you would you have done that the same way or would you have wished to see those guys maybe 10 15 years earlier in your career oh i would so i went i went to, i went to them when i was 20 i first started going to craig when i was 26 mm. i would have I would have done anything to done it. Done. Just even if I started at my uh, 19, 18, not even as a high school kid, but like yeah. beginning of my career, I think that would have done a lot. It, 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 even Craig, Lada, you guys, anybody, anybody would have been better off doing what I did my first five years. My first five years, I don't even, I don't even really look like I was just an athlete swinging a bat. I was like, it was like a, a fan won a, the most athletic fan won a contest to go play a season in a low A game. That was kind of me. Mm. Like I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't much of a baseball player, um, especially on a hitting side. Now defensively, I could go do some good things on the bases, but hitting, I was, I was just in a, I wasn't, yeah. wasn't very smart. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I, I think with it too, I mean, um, it obviously with those, those same timelines, I know, I know a lot of times when we were having conversations, especially, Later in your career, obviously you've been around a little bit, but with those things, I know a lot of times we were just talking and like connecting dots of like, you know, information that you pulled from a Wallenbrock, right? And he said it this way and be like, oh, that's why it's so important. Or that's why we're doing this. That's why I was hitting good when, you know, uh, when, again, this is when I was moving like this. And now you go back and you start watching your footage. It's like so crazy to start like seeing the connections of like, it's not just, okay, yes, I was in a good mental space, but also too, on the other side of that, I was moving different, right? And yes, again, chicken or the egg, right? Was I moving good because I was in a good mental space, right? And I had confidence and all these other things that obviously play into how I move as well. Um, but also on the other side of that, of obviously what you were doing at that time, right? Like, you know, we started talking about what you were training and, you know, what you were going through and, uh, you know, again, what we were emphasizing at that, at that point in your career and all of those things. And so I think that those, we talked about the lot as, as saying like now and this day, you know, this day and age, like how powerful, uh, those conversations would have been for so many athletes to have that, right? Where again, you, back in the day, have a camera running all the time and doing all these things like was, you know, there's not cameras all over the place and, and Lotta's place or Wallenbrock's place, or even, you know, I, I went away. We weren't, you know, we just started doing that stuff before uh, now, obviously where we have cameras running, kind of like kind of documenting everything all the time. Um, can you kind of take us through that process as well? You know, obviously you coming over with us uh, at one away when we were there, um, and kind of like that process uh, of us, you know, kind of walking through that connecting dot phase for you and like what that kind of did for you uh, mentally. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, they, y'all teach a more precise thing. And I'm, I'm all like, I'm a literal person. You tell me to swing down on the ball, I'm going to, I'm not going to do like Mike Trout, you know, I'm yeah. going to literally swing down across the zone. So the way yeah. you guys came out from a literal standpoint, like trunk rotation, that made so much mm. sense to me. I use trunk all the time now. I yeah. even I haven't even heard of the trunk in any type of hitting format yeah. until I met you guys. And um, I think, yeah, just can I connect those dots? Because like I mm. said, I'm very cerebral and precise. So I want to know specifically what I'm doing. Um, not yeah. only not only for myself in the batter's box, but so I can uh, train accordingly in my weight and my weight program and other other uh, elements yeah. of that hip mobility right. i've had instabilities yeah. in places i can you know tackle yeah. that tackle that so i can be better in the box yeah yeah, yeah. what would what, what were we the first ones to bring up uh deceleration with you or had they been talking about that specifically at you know in other ways kind of like the anchor you know like is it another word or another thing that they were using but we were you know i know we say deceleration but 
you know, can you, I, I've never really asked you that before. Um, so you guys were the first times I heard like decelerate and like, yeah. we got it. Like, here's why we got to decelerate so we can transfer energy. So that was the first like specific detailed reason or, yeah. or why we do that. Um, yeah. other places I would cry, they were talking about sticking the ball. Well, I was okay. sticking the ball. I didn't know why I was sticking the ball. I didn't know, I didn't know yeah. the feel, but they were like, just stick the ball. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start sticking yeah. my fin. Yeah. And it helped. But I, yeah. again, I want to know the why. So yeah. when things get out of out of whack, out of sync, I can go. I know specifically yeah. why that's happening. Yeah, because because uh, the feelings uh, we talked about that right, like going into season, um, a lot of those conversations is like feelings like abandon you, like they're they're you know it's there and it's gone, and then now you're in search, right? And now you're in this must messy middle, and you're like, I did this drill before, I know what it feels like, but I can't get to that feel, you know. And then you're doing all these drills and all these things that work for you at one time. But now today, you know, you can't get back there. And again, that's why we always try to get to like the root of what's actually happening, like you're saying, so that we can create different cues, we can create different drills, we can create all these different things to get you back to that same spot or a similar place. Um, And then also, I mean, your body's changing over the season, you guys are traveling, you guys are eating different, you know, there's all these things, obviously, players are now jumping through hoops with COVID stuff. And, you know, all of these extra, you know, uh, steps are again, like they're spending a lot of time in the rooms that they weren't doing before. I am also interested, uh, kind of with that, uh, you mentioned the word, uh, stick, right. Which is obviously something that we use uh, quite a bit as well. When, uh, Wallenbrock bought up the word and they taught stick over there, what was your interpretation at the time of, was it just a position? Was it just a, a type of finish? I mean, what, what, what was the, what was the thought process? For me, it was just a type of finish. It wasn't like, okay. I didn't, I didn't know why I was doing it, but I was, when I was doing it, I was like, man, that does feel good. Like, that, <laughs> it does feel good. <laughs> I just feel good. I'm like, why is this feel good? But it's like, mm. right, I'm just going to stick everything. Mm. Um, but I, mm. it was just more, for me at the time, it's just like, I'm just going to stick my finish. Okay. God, that's whatever. Yeah. And like you said, it'd be, it would go well for a few, a couple of weeks, days, yeah. months, whatever. And then yeah. all of a sudden, something, it's not feeling as, it's not feeling as good. And now yeah. you're like, uh, uh, why? Yeah. You know, I didn't have I didn't know why I wasn't feeling good. I just yeah. knew like dick's not working. Yeah. And I know that with like, again, it's like a mixture of all of these things, right? Like um, Wallenbrock can be very good at uh, teaching some lower half moves, especially combining it with a stick. You know, obviously he's had some really big results from that. So is Greg. So is um, obviously Robert in that same way. Um, and I know a lot of with the direction where he's helped a lot of guys is like the posture and like rotating up or rotating through the middle of the field. That's some, that's been obviously big for a lot of guys. I know that again, um, both of them, I think what's something that everybody kind of misses and I think it's a big conversation to have, and especially with someone that's trained with both guys and well, a lot of different guys um, as well is that every hitting coach and you know that with working with hitting coaches with players now, every hitting coach has successes and every hitting coach has failures, you know, or again, not even failures. He just didn't help that guy as much, or, you know, he didn't connect with that guy as much, or, and I've had plenty, right. Of guys that I hadn't, didn't connect with, or they didn't, they weren't as uh, cerebral as I like, you know, like to do things, or again, I'm too specific for them. Or, you know, again, I might've matched really well with you, but again, I would be really bad with another guy. And I think, and I think, uh, Oh, here I am. It's okay. We're, we're circling. There you are. I think we're back. We're back. Um, so I think, I think, um, uh, what's the last thing you guys heard? Sorry, before I cut out. Um, guys, guys aren't as cerebral as you would like. Cerebral. That's not cerebral. 
Yeah. Yeah. So obviously uh, with that is again, sometimes I can be uh, because I think of things in so much depth, right. That's not always the good, the best match for certain guys. Right. I know with uh, like, you know, like court, for example, you hit with court, right. Ryan court, right. Like he was somebody I had to do things more athletic with, right. If he started thinking about, you know, again, his trunk and his pelvis position or all these other things, it can get him like overloaded. So I had to be very careful with how I presented information to him and got him to these other places. And I think as you become a better coach, you know, you get better at doing that. Um, I know, uh, again, from my perspective, uh, with it is again, with, uh, some guys, obviously with the, the being anchored and keeping the back foot sideways, that can be really good. Some guys, if they don't have the hip, uh, mobility, they don't have this, uh, the stability in the back hip, all those other things that it can be problematic and they can actually get start getting stuck on their backside. So I know that there's obviously been misses on Wallenbrock side of things for, a bunch of things, right? He's made a bunch of players better. He's also not as helped as, as many players. There's plenty of hitters that have gone to Wallenbrock and not uh, not been that good. Um, and there's plenty, obviously, that have a lot of kind of the a lot of kind of the same thing. Um, I know for you, for example, and we kind of talked about that is uh, more so of like how Lada teaches uh, his lower half move. Um, for you, being anchored was very important because of how like we talked about like how loose you were across your body. So I know that. Um, you know, again, the posture and all those things, those things really helped you. And I know something that you struggled with personally was that uh, the back foot not staying anchored and not getting that tension so you could decelerate and get a consistent stick. Um, I know that's something that we kind of talked about a lot. Um, but yeah, I, since you did do that, where you went from like being anchored, then not being anchored, and then trying to get back anchored again, kind of talk through that of, um, I don't think people understand how that affects your bat path, right? Like you talk about bat path a lot, but Again, when I can't decelerate, when I can't stick, uh, take me through that that process because I know that we talked about that a lot because those are some seasons that uh, you really had some, you know, you were struggling through with getting some consistency, you know. Yeah, like I said, I didn't I didn't know what a loose mover tight mover was, and obviously, yeah. I mean, now that I do, I must say I'm a loose mover. Um, yeah. So being able to pull out the you know slack, uh, slack in my body was obviously huge, but I didn't. So, yeah be staying anchored health with that and yeah. uh, me trying to get, cause I, there was times I would get stuck back after I try to stay anchored with Craig and I would get kind of get yeah. stuck. So I made a move center more middle, but yeah. then I kind of, I overdid it. <laughs> I guess yeah. just, yeah, that just happened. Yeah. Uh, it is important. Uh, yeah. It's uh, anchored. It's helped me. It's helped my clients. It's helped a lot of, a lot. It's definitely, it's definitely one of the most important things I I teach currently. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's being able to like, being able to know the why, like the why we're staying anchored, the why we, yeah. why, what happens yeah. when we, when we don't stay anchored. Like if I, yeah. if I push my foot forward, I'm, I'm losing space. I'm losing direction. My hands are getting like forward yeah. to the ball. Now I'm just really tied up. Now, you know, if I got to get my bat up to speed quick, because Jake DeGrom's throwing 101 miles per hour, I better be able to stay anchored, pull the slack out so I can get my barrel up to speed quick. I don't have time to push forward, lose space, uh, uh, put the yeah. slack back in the system. And now I'm going to be in a really hard, tough position to really strike balls to the zone. So yeah. that was, uh, that was just, that was, I, after I got to you guys, it was kind of like yeah. that's, you know, back to the precise why yeah. is why we need to do yeah. that. Why, why that's so important. And I think, I think that's important there not to, not to, and on that, on that case is that's why I think interpretation is so big. I mean, obviously there's been plenty of guys that have gone to 
a uh, lot of, and again, like obviously, you know, uh, Turner, for example, right? Like, again, he really gets forward, but again, I, in my opinion, he still stays very anchored by how he moves his body, how his, again, he gets a very big kickback. He does some very big uh, moves where he does pull out that slack. And again, he can do those different moves. But again, um, I think that's why it's so big for me as a coach where I've also um, had some issues with uh, hitters as well, right? Like I, I see another guy doing the same drill, but I'm not seeing exactly what's happening or why it's working for that specific guy at the time until I get objective and I get away from it. And I start to realize like, oh, that's why it worked with these four guys because they were all the same type of movement profiles or they all had tight this part of their hips or they all had instability or that's why they blah, 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 blah. You know, I connect the dots, right? And you, you get this perspective. And I think obviously as individual athletes, I know when I was playing and, you know, Bo, I, I know that you'll have plenty on this as well as like, figuring out later on those connecting the dots and figuring out again, why things work for you at different times. And then that mm -hmm. you obviously stand on your shoulders, right? When you're teaching your athletes, now you also have that to lean back on, right. And be able to have that as well. Um, I know Bo and I'll kind of open that up to you, Bo is like yeah. you and I talk about that a lot of when you, when we were playing um, you know, that kind of yeah. connection for you, you know? I mean, you said it a couple of times to this point, I wanted to wait to kind of the spot in the conversation we could hit on it, but you said the why was so important to you. And I think at some point in your career, like the, the, the skill wise from double A, triple A big leagues, there's probably some guys that could be in the big leagues from a skill standpoint, athleticism standpoint, but there's something there that's not quite connecting for them. And I think it's what you're talking about is being able to understand what I need to do because you know the fills you can lose a fill and if you don't understand what the fills doing for you then it's, it's irrelevant you can't you're not going to have you know your your hitting coach you with all the time in the third base box throughout the season and so trying to get away from super dependent hitters and independent hitters and thinkers i think is super important mm -hmm. so why don't you just open up that and how how important that was for you and how you think it, how important you think it is for players to train to it's very it's very important um very, very, very important. Because you're right. You're not going to have your guy there, most likely. Most likely, it's not your whatever affiliate hitting coach that you you know you work you worked with all off season. Um, yeah, it's it's very important because I remember there like the fills come and go. Like they come. There was a game I went like four for five, like four doubles. And I was thinking about swinging down. I was doing like the Mike Trout swing down. Everything was going good. Next day, wake up, same fill, and it's like I couldn't hit a ball. I just couldn't stop rolling over. So they just come and go. Um, so being able to know why, you know, why things are off, the exact reason for me was to be able to, you know, something's off, go to the video, look at it, and, you know, be able to address the situation and then have one, two, three, four different fills to kind of fix that. Because, you know, not mm -hmm. every fill is going to, you know, they're going to come and go like you, like we're talking about. Uh, I tell my hitters, like, I, I want you to have, I want you to be your best coach because of the major, League level, every hitter is their best, their best hitting coach. So you need to have when something's thrown off, you need to have two, three, four, multiple things to help you get back on track. That's that's the ultimate goal for uh, that. I that's something I really put a lot of emphasis on with my with my hitters and athletes that I work with is I want them to be their best coach. So you know when things get in, they're getting a rut, they're able to go to the video, see some things, have a couple fills drills and concepts to fall back on the batting cage to get them you know back where they need to be and eventually they can say tell me to you know beat it i don't need you anymore i'm my best hitting coach that's my ultimate goal is to make not right. to have my hitters hit better but to make them their best hitting coach so they can have sustainable yeah. success on their own throughout the course of their career yeah it's so interesting to me and 
obviously you've been there so you could probably help us understand like what was that relationship like with your affiliate coach like did, did they have a pretty good understanding of what worked for you and what didn't as far as like in the off season what you've been working on to where they can help you with that or is it really kind of like when I'm struggling I'm almost like on an island man I so I've had early on early on in my career it was I felt isolated by myself I my, the, my coaches and coordinators early in my career were all old school, you know, stuff, which whatever works for some, wasn't working for me. So in those situations, I did feel isolated. And then I started working with, you know, outside guys, Craig, Doug, you guys. Um, then I was able to open up to some coaches. Some coaches weren't, weren't really about it, so I kind of kept to myself, again, being isolated. But, then, but at the same time, I could fall back, text text you guys text craig text robert chris doug whoever i whoever i was you know needed to talk to at the time i could fall back on that to some degree so that helped um but then i was mm -hmm. fortunate enough later in my career to where you know i think that's starting to open up now in the baseball it's like who have you worked with what what's your style what right. do you think you know uh twins are really good at that uh my triple a coach when i was in philadelphia was really good at that they were like all right what works for you like I don't care what it is. Just tell me what you feel good. And, you know, I'll help you. Right. Cause that's kind of, you know, at that level, it's like most guys know their swings, know what they're trying to do. So it's like the coaches, there, just, uh, they're there for you and they want to, you know, they, they're not going to stop anything. That's, yeah. You know, that's, they're that's more not of a, work. Right. They're more of a sounding board for you, which I think is, is important for them to understand. Like, you know, when Lane's struggling, this is what he needs to hear. Not necessarily that I want to tell him. Right. Because right. Right. You're, you're like an independent contractor. You're getting all your information elsewhere and then coming to work for them. I, it's, it's an interesting balance to me. And I'm happy that they're opening up more to it because there obviously are a lot of players that go train outside of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a guy, my AAA coach in Philadelphia, he was really good at it. He's like, I told him, I told him, I, I talked to Joey and Eugene like mid, like mid summer. And we talked about staying anchored and stuff. I said, man, I talked to these guys. They're talking about staying anchored and this stuff. He went and he did his own research. Uh, I told him I worked with Craig. He went and looked at some Craig stuff and Doug. And, you know, he was he was real adamant about, like, making sure we're on the same page. So right. you, I, I have a lot of respect for guys who, you know, do that. If not just, you know, uh, my way or the highway or things like that. He was really yeah. open to wanting to have a good communication to where everyone's on the same page so we have sustainable yeah. success. Yeah, I think I think that's a interesting thing that people don't understand about pro ball is they think about like, again, especially if you're a coach and you've never kind of been at that level of understanding of being like, okay, I'm used to working with my high school hitters, my, um, my college hitters, all those things where it's like, there's a lot of buy in and there's not really a lot of outside even club ball coaches that like they don't like guys going outside where in Major League Baseball, it's a different thing, right? Like I always say like, it's a different uh, pressure when you're working with a major league athlete as well minor league athlete any of those things because you guys always have that pressure where this could be your last year <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know again like at any point someone pulls the plug and saying you're not playing baseball anymore you know and so you guys obviously with all of those things it's one thing to obviously uh, buy in but it's very individualized because on the next day you could be on another team Right. It's not like, you know, again, that college where I'm on this team for the next four years, or again, I'm going to be in this program for the next, you know, however many years I'm redshirting this year. And I got extra years to, you know, buy in and yada, 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 like this. And then as a hitting coach, it's a completely, or any type of coach in the major leagues or, you know, minor league staffs, any of those things, it's a completely different dynamic as well, because 
these guys didn't come here for this team to work with you. You just got assigned to them. So now you're in this different mindset where there's a lot of young coaches that get into minor league baseball thinking like, oh, this is great. I'm going to work with all these pro guys. It's going to be so exciting. And then you get there and they're like, yo, who are you? Like, like, bro, I already hit yeah. with my guy. I already got a dude. I made it. I'm, a, you know, again, I've already been drafted. I've already like, I'm here for a reason. And then you got out, you know, and then you also have a lot of guys that are, you know, eager to learn and all those things as well. But I think it's just a different dynamic that people that if you're not aware of it and you're not in that circle, you don't understand that like um, not everybody's there, you know, again, their double A hitting coach isn't always their best friend. And then you also got, you know, again, they're getting weeded out, but I know I've had a lot of pro guys as well that have talked about like their hitting coaches, like talking about, you know, back in my day and I used to do this and I used to do this and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he's going through what worked for him. And it's like, that's great. But like, <laughs> that doesn't help me. Like, like, uh, you telling me about your story that you went four for five one day off of Noah, uh, Noah Syndergaard when he was in the minor leagues, like, okay, <laughs> great. Right. But that doesn't, well, that doesn't help me today with my struggles. And, and, and if I, and it's, if it's supposed to help me with my struggles, please yeah. connect the dots because it, you know, I'm stuck. Yeah. Oh, I think right. no, definitely. Oh, definitely. Well, it's a good dynamic. It's also, it's a, a different era, you know, like, and they talked about that on, uh, I think it was Sunday Night Baseball the other day. A lot of reasons the coaches are, are not connecting as much is because we're just better athletes. And take the ego aside, people throw the ball harder, they run faster, they swing harder. The building the engines and in, in the athlete is better than it ever has been before. And it's kind of hard to connect on that level, especially if you're not training. It's like, we forget that athletes are evolving, but so is the training and how they, how to train those guys. Right. And being yeah. open to it. And, um, and I, th I think a lot of it comes down to ego and like, we, we want to be right at that level when I think the best ones don't have that. And they kind of remove that from, them, you know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, definitely. I remember, my, my, my minor league hitting coordinator with one team, his biggest, he came, I was struggling. He came in, his one fix for me is to take off my batting gloves and hit barehanded. That was his thing. That was his thing. Just hit, take off batting gloves and hit. It's like, now I'm going to have a terrible swing and blisters. We didn't fix anything. <laughs> so now it's going to yeah. hurt. Now it's going to hurt when I get in the shower later. Yeah. That's all we, that's all that happened. Yeah. So I have a yeah. shit yeah. swing and now my hands hurt. <laughs> For sure. And again, obviously a lot of these guys, like I've definitely told guys uh, with like thinner batting gloves or changing grips and all those things. But again, it's also connecting the dots for the athlete of like why we're doing what we're doing and like what we're trying to get across. And like, I think that obviously that's like, you know, such a big piece uh, there. And then you also on the other side of that, um, also on the other side of that, you also get the the different dynamic of going into not only connecting the dots for the athlete of why you're doing what you're doing, but, you know, figuring out what is truly happening. So you can actually give them the biggest way to get, gain credibility with an athlete is to get them results. You get them results, you gain a bunch of credibility, right? If I tell you to do something and you do it and boom, again, that stick feels good. You're going to start doing it a lot. You're going to start listening to a lot more things that I do, but how that comes is like, you know, obviously on the education side and all those things that are happening there. And I think a dynamic for people to understand and saying, well, why are why Lane? Why are you going to guys outside of Major League Baseball? Why don't you know? Why aren't you going to those hitting coaches? Why you know again? Aren't those the best coaches? 
aren't those the best hitting coaches that you can go to? And I think that a dynamic for people to also keep in mind, and I want to give you give your perspective also uh, from obviously a player standpoint, but from my perspective, when my relationships with those major league uh, coaches or those minor league coaches is that they spend, you know, every day for, you know, for a year trying to get a hitter ready for game time. That's their job. Let me get you ready for game time. Let me get you ready for game time. Let me get you ready for game time. Let me manage these, you know, your emotions. Let me get you ready to rock. Well, that whole year, guys outside of baseball in the private sector are learning more, finding new techniques, but all, all these cutting edge, they're, 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 they have all this team, not to just get somebody ready for game time. I'm trying to get somebody, you know, uh, when my hitters would come back, I would have a whole bunch of new stuff, right, that I learned over the last year. And that's what, you know, again, guys like Donnie Ecker and some of those guys, they reach out to me and say, hey, what have you learned in the last year? Because I already know that I fell behind by trying to get ready for today that I wasn't looking at tomorrow because I didn't have the opportunity as a hitting coach to focus on tomorrow because I'm focused on my players that I had right in front of me right now, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that was from my perspective. What is your perspective as well of like, obviously uh, I think people like outside the game don't understand of why the best hitting coaches or why you would be looking outside of your major league uh, or minor league staff for, you know, advice. Um, I think you just, I, you, you really, because every organization has the philosophy, no matter if you're in, if you're in rookie ball, all the way to the big leagues, like they have a hit, they have one hitting philosophy. So even if the hitting coach wants to like, yeah, you say you have a great hitting coach in rookie ball, he can't really veer too far off the, off the path of the organization. Right. And the organization yeah. had one philosophy and that philosophy wasn't working for me one organization they did not like me going to craig and i had no i was like well you know i've tried you guys for five six years and it's just nothing's really you know i could be better yeah and eventually i was um but it, it's frustrating it's frustrating kind of how it works i think they're opening up obviously they're opening up more to it because yeah. times have changed and there's no denying that outside contractor independent hitting guys have has some success a lot of successful guys yeah. um like my double a manager had to change his swing to save his career back in like the 90s early 2000s he wasn't allowed he knew i had he knew what i had needed to do he couldn't he couldn't talk to me about hitting he couldn't he couldn't like pull me aside and go to video we couldn't go to the cage i had to be with the hitting guy how wow. frustrating is that yeah he's like i know what you gotta do like you gotta go work and he's like so you need to change your past. Like, well, help me change my past. Like, I'm not, he goes, I cannot do that. Like I, it's against organizational policy. I can't do that. I'm like, then what are, what are we doing here? For sure. Like you're, For you're, sure. you're a development here and you're, that's just yeah. not, it wasn't the case, but yeah. it, it was frustrating. So at that point, I was like, you know what, this is my career. This hasn't worked out four, five, six sure. years into it to, to, to the ability to the rates where I, to, to my expectations. So I'm going to yeah. go, I, I gotta be stubborn. Now I'm 24. 24 at the time i gotta you know i gotta start making things click and me having more consistent success and whatever is going to help me do that achieve that is what i'm going to do no, for no. sure for sure i think i want to i want to pick your brain on this one so you you've had the opportunity to be and play with some of the best ball players in the world and see how they train maybe not see how they train but have enough feel like what they think and what they focus on when we talk about understanding the why versus maybe just the fills that work for me, where, what would you say that ratio is to some of the best guys in the world? Like, do, do they understand, do they want to talk mechanics or are they just pretty naturally gifted and it kind of just works for them? A little bit of mix of both. You got some guys that are really like 
dialed in on every specific detail. Then you got some guys who roll out of bed and, um, you know, they've had simple, they've had simple cues and fills and thoughts their whole lives. And that's just, they built, that just worked for them out of the gate. And that's, they just stayed on that, that path the whole time. Um, yeah, I think, I think, and obviously in today's game, it's getting a little more uh, precise with the knowledge and stuff. Uh, so I think you're starting to see a more shit, but there's still guys who just grab it back, go out there and smash like Freddie Freeman. And he could, I mean, I've never seen a guy just roll out of bed in February and just smack balls, hit missiles left center off 98, like day one. It's like, bro, what? it's not that easy. So I think there's a little bit of both. I think guys are starting to be a little more aware because they, there's so much information out there. It's hard not to want to be aware of what you're actually doing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, at one point, at one point, I think it was like everybody was going with that mentality where like the guy on the mound, it, and I think pitching is a little bit further ahead in the innovation point where like you're kind of forcing the hitters to play catch up now. Like yeah. you kind of need to know because the guy on the mound is the, 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 mm-hmm. the training is forcing each way to go back and forth. But I think at one point it wasn't necessarily like that where the ebb and flow was kind of evening out and open skill close skill there's a lot of other variables there that are important but like i feel like it's forcing the hitting side to like be more aware and make some of those adjustments over time absolutely the pitching is getting outrageously i mean and you're right it, it is a step ahead and it, it probably always will be to some degree because you know they're they're gonna counteract like you know keep the ball down what every pitching coach say keep the ball down well that guys like craig they had that bat path, that more vertical bat angle to where they can, you know, get those balls down. Those are easier pitches to hit for those guys. But now they're coming back at you with, you know, high spin velocity up in the zone. Those, uh, those vertical bat angles, that's going to be a little tougher challenge with the high spin four seamers and the big, you know, big yeah. breaking balls off that same tunnel. Uh, so yeah. now you got to have a, have, have a hybrid of both in a sense, you know, you can't be like real flat and spinning like Donaldson. At the same time, you can't be like overly too, have an overly uh, vertical yeah. bat angle you, you got to have a little bit of hybrid of both you got to have adjustability because you know pitchers like you said they're they you know people at driveline they're trying to come up ways to get guys out you know that's yeah. just that's that's the, well, that's their job that's their job and and we don't need to get into the hot takes but you got the pine tar and all the stuff coming out now it's, <laughs> it makes it even more hard pretty difficult yeah no yeah no, no I think doubt that, I think that's a good point because that's what that's how when uh, JD came in that one day that was one of the things that him and I talked about is just more so uh, of with that of you know for a while again that like slap shot feel right for Wallenbrock that with that slap shot feel was so important for him to get and get his direction and cover those balls lower in the zone that he was struggling with but then again obviously guys the league adjusted to him then they started throwing him below at the top of the zone with higher spin rates and again he started struggling again. And then he had to make an adjustment as well. And then he, now, he, uh, you know, uh, last time I had talked to him, which was a couple of years ago now, uh, but he was talking about, again, working up top and then slowly working, you know, basically working on his posture up top, covering balls at the top of the zone and then working down in the zone as well. Um, and being able to, he's like, if I can cover high, I can cover low. And for some guys, you know, that's the, that's the take. Uh, but like you're saying, there's guys like JD. I mean, there's guys like uh, Josh Donaldson, not uh, JD Martinez, the guys like Josh Donaldson, um, who could be more flat and again could have more trouble on balls or again like Bregman 
Bregman is another guy that's more flat that has trouble with balls breaking away from him, especially again, and not that anybody, you know, loves balls breaking down and away from them, but he historically has issues with balls that are breaking down and away. And again, guys like Aaron judge historically have issues with balls that are up in the zone more in relation to other athletes that already struggle with those zones period, just because of the demands uh, that come obviously with those pitch types, you know? Um, but I think that that's important is, you know, again, like you're saying, you got to, you know, we got to keep adjusting, getting better as hitters. Guys are going to attack us in different ways. You know, you have all these yeah. analytics, all these different ways to analyze hitters and figure out where their hot and cold zones are. Um, and also for different pitch types, um, at what point in the sequence, uh, different, you know, what has he been in the last two weeks compared to what he was doing a month ago? I mean, again, there's, there's, it just goes, you know, you go down a rabbit hole, um, of what that looks like, uh, with different guys and, uh, I think that's why it makes it so hard for hitters. It, it also makes you guys have another way of analyzing uh, yourselves because you might've felt like a million bucks, but then when you actually look back, you're like, hold on, I've been facing three, four, five. And then I faced four, five. So with pitchers, it's like, of course I felt great because I didn't face a one, two for the last two weeks. So I felt awesome. Right. And then all of a sudden I felt, you know, I got, then I went the opposite way. Then I got, you know, then I got uh, Scherzer and then I got uh, Syndergaard and then I got like, I, I got all these guys in a bucket and I'm like, yo, I've had a tough five days. Yeah. You catch, you catch, you catch Scherzer, Strasburg, uh, the Grom back to back to back. Nice, man. My mechanics are really off. <laughs> yeah. Dang, I suck. What's Maybe going on? I can't move. Yeah. yeah. No. So I, I think that that's important too, is a lot of times, you know, we're not taking in, they're like, Oh, in this last 10 games, he's this. Okay, well, let's add in the context. Who has he faced in the last 10 days? Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Definitely. Dude, you just faced some tough pitchers in the last 10 days, and maybe you're moving how you were moving before. And on the opposite side of that, you could also go the opposite way. Let's say, for example, I know like uh, some hitters, like if you're going to face a knuckleball guy, they're like, dude, don't don't play me. You know, Harper, or like I know that some of the guys like that have said that, like, don't play me. I'm going to take the day off because he'll put me in a slump for two weeks if I go and try to hit this guy. You know, um, just because again, what it will do to my movements and they already knew that that was a problem mindset and all those things. Did you have anything like that? Is there any guys that you're like, you know, you know, I, I know, I know they're going to like light, light you up on, on social media when you say that, you know, they're your daddy, but was there any guys that just really had your number? Oh, there's a lot of guys that have my number. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there's more guys have my number, guys bro. Have, like, I'm not playing. Who, guys, who, didn't, who didn't have who my did? number? Scherzer. Scherzer, <laughs> Nola. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't explain why. Uh, Scherzer, Nola, um, Straley, and hey, there's not a whole lot of guys. But um, there's there's Eikhoff, Jared Eikhoff. I'm like, I'm like 11 for 12 off that guy, like five homers. Um, but yeah, there's it's it's there's there's a lot of guys that own me though. A lots of guys. Jose Urania, remember that yeah. guy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it was just bears runs at two seam and I couldn't lay off of it. There's yeah. um, Reed, was the the, the Reed, the reliever, um, the Mets. I don't know his yep. name. Had like a high, like he just threw fastball. He threw three fastballs, center cut fastballs, and I just swung through all that. How in the world did I miss those? He has my <laughs> number. Uh, Familia, Degrom, obviously. Most guys have my number. Yeah, there's there's few that I, I get. Yeah, no, I think it's it's funny because like as as you talk to and me knowing how you move, I'm like picturing as well. Like now I'm starting, I start categorizing those guys of why the angles that they're creating and how it's coming into you and how you move. And, and like so, Donnie, 
and I talk constantly talk about uh, matching angles, right? Like the angles I create compared to the angles that the pitcher creates towards me and then matching, changing what is center field for me, right? Like left center field can be center field on certain guys with balls entering the zone. Let's say, for example, if you're facing Chris Sale and you're a left-handed hitter, right? He's throwing from behind your back, right? So he's throwing from behind your back and the ball's coming into the zone. There's a lot of guys, again, like uh, Bellinger or something like that, or a guy that more lands open in his center field is more like right center field where he can match up some angles. And again, I don't know that they're, I don't know his, uh, uh, his take with those guys. Cause he also, obviously with Chris Sale, you also got that slider that he calls as well. So if you cheat, he, again, there's, there's different battles with different guys. You start to cheat to their fastball. And again, you cheat to their one angle and then they create another angle to expose you. Right. That's the whole point of having secondary and, and, and third pitches. Right. But um, and, and then that's where it comes into game planning, right? And you guys are figuring out approaches, right? What am I, okay, what can I hit off this guy? And can I take off first pitch with, you know, sale when he's, he's attacking me with fastball, but I can't hit a slider to save my life, right? So, you know, again, do I want to get behind with him, right? Or again, is his fastball at an angle or, and again, with spinning at a certain, where I have a lot of struggle with that and I actually have a better chance on his off speed pitches, you know, and then you start going down that whole, you know, rabbit hole of, uh, you know, game planning and um, game strategy of obviously which, how you guys are uh, competing. I think that that's, that's huge. Um, why, don't, the, what, why don't you walk us through that a little bit, Lane? Like if you know you're facing a guy that's pretty good and that you, you know, might need to, to clean things up a little bit, what was the thought? Were you focused more on like approach and like, uh, you know, external, or were you focused more on mechanics? What, what was your mindset at that level facing those kind of guys? Uh, so I have a good, like, good example of that. The me facing Scherzer. Uh, I only had like one start in the big leagues up to this point. Indian CRT got scratched from the lineup, uh, like three hours per line. We show up the field. I'm not in the lineup. Next thing you know, managers tell me, Hey, you're going to play center. It's like, well, like, who's throwing again? Like Scherzer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, thanks, thanks for the He's start, like, coach. Thanks. He's like, I appreciate it. Thanks, Ender. Thanks, yeah. Ender. So I was like, well, so one thing I did, I don't know, drive line did the thing. They like had the machine out and they whipped like fastballs from shirt from a right-handed batter's perspective, the camera from a right-handed hitter's perspective, on a machine like designed for like Scherzer's pitch height release point, like exact release point of that fastball. So I just sat there and it was on loop as a GIF or whatever you say, GIF. Mm -hmm. It's on loop and I watched it for 25 minutes. Then I went and took BP. I came back in eight for the game, watched it again for 25 minutes. Um, so that kind of that kind of gave me an example of the angle. We talk about angles, angles he's uh -huh. coming in creating. So I told myself if I could just stay on his fastball up and in, he's gonna throw the fastball up and in. Yeah, he likes to throw the fastball in, and then he likes to throw a, a slider down away to get you obviously reach it. Then he wants to throw his change up off that tunnel fastball up and in. Not a lot of guys do that. Not a lot of guys throw yeah. change up in. Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna sit really hard in i'm gonna add it's like 95 90, 94 to 96 i'm gonna add three to it because it's gonna be a fastball in i'm gonna go up there and i'll be ready and then uh he throws a fastball first pitch i hit it for uh a double oh what would have been a double i tripped over first base and slipped so i got <laughs> classic yeah it was great it's yeah it was, it was fantastic it was got too excited got too excited got i just said i just i just hit scherzer for a double i'm too excited i'm too excited right exactly <laughs> just busted it that's the same bag harper you know blew his stuff out on everyone and it's the same bag the same bag that's oh, the bag's fault people. got it there, there's yeah there's so the, next, one with the ground crew there got yeah, it yeah yeah ground yeah grounds the grounds crew or grounds crew. Ne next at bat next at bat i was like all right he's i'm gonna sit hard i'm gonna look up and in again 
but he's most likely going to throw a slider. But make sure that slider breaks in that same tunnel as that fastball. If it breaks middle of the plate, it's obviously going to sweep out the zone. So he throws it and he hangs it, and it breaks right there. I hit a triple. Didn't slip over the bat this time. Hit a triple. Yeah. And then – so now he's he's gotten beat. Was it was it a was it a was it a true triple or a lane triple because you're faster than lightning? Uh, it was more of a, a little bit of uh, it was a more both. of a lane triple and all that <laughs> and how Howie Kendrick clanked to the wall. How that? Okay. All right, all right. Now the it truth comes out. Air, to be honest. Now, so now the truth. Now that you're yeah. okay. hey, 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 two for hey, two. I get it. Hey, I'm gonna have Joey cut that out. We're gonna give you a triple off Scherzer <laughs> real time. Absolutely. We're still there. It's faithful reference has been triple. So so that so it's like he missed. I was looking up and in. He missed that he missed that slider. It started in that tunnel and broke over the plate. So I was all over it. Had that had I been looking out of the plate and he throws that slider middle of the plate and breaks away, I'd probably chase. Um so mm. I had to reset like the way I was looking at his pitches that night really kept me off the pitch of the way and then next at bat he walked me off four straight he tried to just stay away i stayed i stayed looking up and in at that fastball and he tried to still fastball away he kept missing and that, to me those the pitches he threw in that walk they look like they're a foot off the plate and i go back and look at the video and they're i mean they're borderline misses but because my focal <laughs> yeah. focus point was like up and in those borderline yeah. strikes and balls i didn't even offer at uh, yeah. So that's kind of the, the game inside the game you play as, as hitters. And it really depends on the pitcher on the mound, on the, the guy on the mound. So I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have that approach against everybody, but just the way sure. my body moves and how I hit balls and the angle Scherzer uh, throws his pitches. That's, that was the best approach yeah. for me that night. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then the uh, last thing too, like I kind of want to dive into is, um, obviously you've made this transition now from playing, right. Going into, uh, coaching now. And I know you even texted me the other day and we're like, dude, <laughs> how, how do you get these kids to move? Like what, what's going on? And I, I, I remember a, a to, to quote you, uh, to quote you, uh, it was just classic with that of you saying like, dude, how do I get these kids that move awful to move better? Right. And, and, and I thought it was just, I, I thought it was funny. Cause again, obviously it is, it's a completely different challenge. Um, especially when you're trying to build some of these basic uh, patterns of, you know, these guys aren't, you know, if they, especially they're not a good athlete or they're not that strong and, you know, they're just getting going and, or they've been led down the wrong path and you have to go back with that. Um, it's definitely a different challenge. So why don't you start opening up, you know, kind of that of what that's looked like in that transition that now that you're starting to coach more guys. Yeah, man, it's so I, I feel like I know a lot about hitting, but I don't know enough about it because mm. um, I got this just it's different. Um, it's just a different mindset. I wish I'd have been I wish I'd have been teaching and helping hitters, working with hitters as a player or while I still play, because I feel like that just it just makes me have a better understanding of it. But the more I understand it, the more I the more. I, I feel like I need to know there's more stuff out there. I need to know um, yeah. the more it goes back to me, like wanting information. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, when you get to the level that I was at fortunate to be at, you start looking at really fine uh, complex details and the whys, like the trunks and the stability, instability, all this, that, and everything where I got to, I've had, I've found myself, I got to like go back I was guilty of kind of skipping over the just the basic foundations of like mm. movement, like moving yeah. from the middle. Like just I we're just work on strike. We're gonna work on just moving from the middle instead of like I right, go hit stick and you know feel like you're 
your uh, trunks, your hips going back to the catcher. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. that's a little too complex for not nine and 10 year olds right now. So mm-hmm. it challenged me to kind of uh, really start. Cause I was, I was all every time I hit the past five, six years, I was always at like the ninth, 10th floor of the building where yeah. now work with younger kids. I got to be in the basement, start from the basement and the ground level and yeah. then work up. So that's kind of the challenge of, and, um, I kind of, there's some things I forgot. I was like, man, I forgot this, the basic foundations of hitting, you know, we got to tackle that before we get into the really complex stuff. So that's mm-hmm. the challenge on that part. But like I said, I'm constantly still trying to learn. Like I said, the more I learn, the more I feel like I, the less I feel like I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a constant, uh, it's a constant, it's me just constantly sinking information um, because yeah. I got to seek out more information now because I'm not the one hitting. I've yeah. got to, so I got to have answers and, you know, mm. uh, solutions for yeah. all for, you know, 35, 40 kids I got now or players yeah. I got. So I got to have multiple yeah. sources of information and queuing drills, just basic understandings and stuff like that. It's challenged me to really evolve, like really like widen my, uh, my depth of, you know, understanding the just movement and, uh, things like that in principles. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it also gives you a lot of perspective as well, right? You start having respect for the coaches that you had before you. Again, you also, you don't want to be that double A coach that's like, take your batting gloves off and, you know, like, you, you no, know, definitely or, not yeah. really right. So you, you don't, you don't want to be that as well. And also too, it also challenging to say, man, like I'm trying to go off of my experiences, but also me as a player, I have limited experiences now that I'm around all of these hitters and I'm responsible to help all of these guys. You have all of their experiences and they all have different struggles and they all have different deficiencies and they all are really great at different things. Um, and they all process failure different and they all need you know, all of these, you know, different dynamics that come into these var- uh, variables. And this one has a, you know, pe- you know, dad is all over them and he's trying to, you know, shove it down his throat and the kid doesn't even like baseball. And then this, you know, this kid over here lives and dies baseball and he tries as hard as he can, but he's just an awful athlete. And you know, just, you got everything in between, you know? And so I think, I think it's just definitely a different dynamic and a respect obviously that comes from that transition from player to coach to, you know, understand like, again, like it, it, it's a whole nother realm by itself, yeah. right? Like playing the game and coaching the game are yeah. very different. And there's also a lot of overlap you know, at the same yeah. time, you know, well, and definitely. It, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Lee. I'll go ahead, but I was just, follow, just I was going to say yeah. it's, it's refreshing to have you on as a guy that's played at that level and is still very hungry to learn. It kind of is getting us out of that, like good boys club of like, I played eight years of pro ball. I know what I'm talking about kind of thing. And now we're prepping these guys to like, right. Be how I was as a player halfway in my career. And now I'm stuck, you know, we lead from the front and we're innovative and allows our players to be innovative. I, I want to know how your your experience with that. Obviously, you've been doing it for, for uh, a little while now, but like you're very cerebral and you really like to know why. And I'm the same way too. How have you managed that so far, with, especially with the youth athletes? Do you, try to, do you really try to connect the dots with, with the young guys? What does that look like for you? I try to connect the dots with – I do. There's some kids I can't – I – most guys don't just I invite parents in especially like younger kids like hey we need to be on the same page here um because you're going to be with you're going to be with him a lot more than I'm going to be so we you're going to be able to understand this more because you know you're going to know your body better you're going to know things I'm talking about the trunk the hips stability there's some words that the kids just don't know yet 
right. I, for example, I had, I was talking about the trunk to one kid and he thought it was like, he literally thought the trunk was his like hamstrings. So, mm-hmm. it's, and I went like uh-huh. two months talking about trunk de cell. He's thinking I'm talking about his like back of his legs. The whole time. <laughs> right. So, right. so I know that struggle. I know I, that struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I do, I do try to be uh, cerebral, get him to kind of understand as much as I, I, uh, the precise of it. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a definitely a challenge, but there's, there's sometimes I'll just put it, I'll put them in constraints, um, let them hit and they'll tell me how they feel and I'll let them watch the video and they'll, uh, we'll kind of have, they'll kind of create their own feels. Like, what are we feeling here? That was a really good swing. And, you know, we kind of just go off that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge, especially with the younger kids. Um, the older kid, older players, obviously a little more mature, a little more understanding and stuff that's a little easier. But no, it's it's definitely a challenge, and you do have respect for guys who can, you know, work with get youth hitters moving better. Definitely, because it is hard. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Joey and I, the control. Joey and I joke about that sometimes. Like, you got guys that only work with pro guys. Well, sometimes it's easier to get results with pro guys because they already move pretty well. So much we're, easier. We're, we're cleaning yeah. stuff up. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you also got you know the other way where again uh, I also speak that other side of being like pro guys take so much of my time for a multiple of re- a multitude of reasons like one they have a hardwired movement pattern they've been doing this for so long right and then they have to want to change right that's the other part as well they have to want to change they want to have to do those things and also too they're struggling you guys are having that psychological battle right of okay i could also get worse you know yeah. so that's a real thing right especially if i don't you know take humpty dumpty apart and i don't put them all the way back together again is that again, if I catch them in the middle or, you know what, I thought I had an extra three weeks with them and then, the, you know, they wanted him to come to early, blah, blah, blah. I mean, things can happen, right? Or again, he goes out there and the hitting coach wants him to do some other stuff. Like now he's a mess, right? And then again, like he could not be playing baseball in a year from now. So there's definitely a different psychological uh, pressures that come with that, but everything has its own, you know, its own battle and just coaching period is, is hard when guys are better athletes and more aware of their body. It definitely helps. Um, and then also uh, one of the things I know with you, uh, Lane, that was super important as well um, was just also uh, being around guys. A lot of pro guys aren't used to failing, you know? So if we, we start doing things that are, are very challenging for them and they're, they're failing because I'm isolating it because I know they're going to fail. That's why we're doing it so that we can get better at this specific area. They can struggle with like, this is the first time in their life that they've really struggled with something athletically to be able to do it you know, pretty quickly. And uh, psychologically, that could be a barrier, um, you know, for learning as well. So I think, I think there's a lot of dynamics. We get, we get, we get both sides, right, Bo? We get yeah. the, um, we get the, uh, well, you know, I get it because you work with a whole bunch of pro guys. And then we're like, well, wait, a majority of our clientele is actually youth. And then we also get the opposite side. Well, you know, that, you know, I get how it works with those guys, but you know, with pro guys, it's da, 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 or my advice yeah. is like, Okay, we get, you know, but we, we get a good mix of everybody, but it's, it definitely has, they definitely have their own challenges for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think there's a, a bunch of other topics and there's so many things that I think that we'll continually uh, dive into that I think that there's a couple more things we've been talking about, uh, you know, obviously getting your perspective uh, more on a regular basis, I think going forward on some different things and different topics that we can dive into. But I think today was, yeah. today was a fun one. We got to dive into a lot of uh, uh, things that I, I think that if you're not in the, the circle and that environment of the, the mystique 
and the, the magic sauce that's kind of been sprinkled around um, in yeah. different areas, like, you know, kind of, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit on some of those areas and definitely uh, perspective of a lot of those things, I think is going to push the game um, in a lot of ways, just from people listening to those conversations and perspectives that uh, you've had, obviously, throughout your experiences. So, no, man, I appreciate you uh, jumping on with us and, uh, you know, us getting to dive in and, you know, battling through these uh, internet internet issues but you know you know about uh, bo and i are pretty talented we'll pull something together yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it all yeah. clean we'll make it all perfect we'll, yeah we'll make you look pretty i mean you, you are you're a pretty good looking fella but you know oh, we'll, thank you, we'll, we'll, we'll get the production <laughs> you know you'll you'll be yeah for That's sure good man i listen okay. to y'all's farm talk i probably listen to y'all's farm talks gosh i listen to all of them <laughs> I think you're right. The, 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 the communication is key and like the understanding, like those in depth. I really like that stuff. That's not for everybody, but for me, yeah. I, I enjoy it. So I enjoy everything you guys have done for the game. It's helped me. It's helped me help people. So respect what you guys are doing. I appreciate it and continue to keep following along and, you know, picking your guys' minds. I appreciate it. No, thanks appreciate for, it, Lane. Lane. Thanks sure for we'll, off us. we'll be here with you um, soon, but uh, yeah. Thanks brother. Thanks you guys. I have a good one. All right, buddy. Thank you.